Welcome to Blake's Stakes for God's Sakes. It's a Wednesday podcast where each week I uh, I do my I do my tiny little dance and then I make a uh, a negligible amount of love and then I uh, fall down a flight of steps. That's my remix of that Bee Gees song. If uh, if that even is the Bee Gees, all music in 1970. Fun fact was performed by the Bee Gees. Imagine me just falling down a flight of stairs. One of my favorite memories, uh, or one of the things that makes me laugh the most, and welcome to the podcast, and we, and we, 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 we have a, uh, we have a great one for you this week, and I will get to the podcast in a moment, but um, falling down the flight of stairs is um, one of the funniest things visually a person can do. Um, take away all concern for health. I obviously, you know, wouldn't want um, someone to get hurt. Oh, that's kind of alluding to the political section today. How to feel about Trump contracting COVID. I tease. Th- this is how big of a tease baby is. I'm such a tease that I tease things without even uh, unpremeditated teases. This, uh, that would be a second, tease in the second degree is what I just did. I continue to impress myself with how my mind works uh, and how it doesn't, how it is rotting ever so quickly. So um, I would say one of the hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life actually came from a um, a moment, and this is no bit, in a uh, in a time that was one of the lowest periods of my goddamn life. So uh, it was when I moved to LA. I was working at like a liquor store. I was making no money. I couldn't pay rent. And my um, roommate Chris, who's one of my best friends in the entire world, was uh, he was working so much and still making so little money. He was working like eighteen hours a day. Neither of us were like making a living off of our dream. It was right when we moved to Los Angeles, and I had a moment where like so I lived in a living room. So fucking there's that. Uh, of a two-story, I guess you could call it a, I, I called it an apartment. Maybe you could call it a condo, but I think it was an apartment. So there were two bedrooms and the bathroom was downstairs. And then I lived in a living room next to the kitchen uh, for like two or three years. I think it was two. It might have been three. I really hope it wasn't three. I really hope that I'm not that resilient. I hope, I believe it was two years that I lived in that living room because I couldn't afford more rent. So I lived in this living room and I remember going downstairs to pee and then I was like going to go back up the steps, but I was like too depressed to walk up the stairs. Like I didn't have the energy to do that. So I kind of just crumpled at the bottom of the steps and then apparently that, and I made it. I made it up the steps, by the way, at some point. But I was in such a bad place. And then apparently that same day, like <laughs> in the middle of the night, my friend Chris got so blackout drunk because he was so, he didn't want to be in his life. He tripped and fell down the steps. And where I crumpled from depression from not being able to get up them, he was so hurt from falling down the stairs. He just was sitting there motionless, and no one was awake to help him because he had. To stay up so late because he works so late and just drink himself to bed and the image of like us two we're both doing great now i mean as great as you can be right now um but just seeing the image in my head of like if that was videotaped where you know on one side it's like oh how's blake and chris doing in la one side is me just too emotionally weak to walk up the steps and the other side is my friend chris falling down the stairs because he drank his body to the point where it couldn't go uh it couldn't take that much of a incline decline um so anyway that's a little thing that i'm laughing at uh if you're listening to this on wednesday that means tonight i will be doing my first stand-up comedy show in seven months i've been doing stand-up comedy for 15 years and i would say the longest i've taken off since I started doing stand-up was two, three weeks. 
and it's been seven months. So uh, I am going to talk about that on the leisure section today. Uh, I'm going to predict how my show is going to go. I'm going to predict my performance. So uh, you can still get tickets, by the way, I would imagine. It's on the outdoor patio at the Punchline Comedy Club in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, I couldn't be more excited for it. I'm closing it out. I'll be doing about 20 minutes which I think is the perfect amount of time, but I will get into that later. Also, sports. This is less of a sport topic that I'm going to do this week. Uh, it's going to be uh, sport, and that is uh, I'm going to go through the next door app, and I'm going to solve everybody's problems because the next door app is a sport for me. It's one of my favorite things in the entire world. It's just, it's like people uh, people use the next door app. Um, who think like Facebook is too uh, like too Gen Z for them? <laughs> that's that's who uses the uh, the next door app. So I'm psyched for that. And what are I talk about politics? Oh, and I got uh, some DMs about relationship questions. So I'm gonna answer those. Didn't get as many DMs as I wanted to. So there's something for you all to work on. What if I was that crazy and I thought that like you were the problem? So, um, yeah, I'm going to do some relationship stuff. But first, not but first, I guess but eighth at this point, um, I want to talk about a thing that I was thinking about in the car today. And, you know, with Trump getting coronavirus, and we'll obviously go into that in a moment, I was having this thought that I'm obviously on the uh, left side of the political spectrum. Um, I'm a lefty. I guess you could say I'm, I'm a bit of a lefty grove. Was he a, a pitcher? Or was Sandy Koufax a lefty? Steve Carlton, I would, I believe, was a lefty. But anyway, Andy Pettit was definitely a lefty. You know, let's throw him in. Andy Pettit within the greats of uh, Sandy Koufax and Steve Carlton. So anyway, these are baseball references that not even baseball people enjoy. But so I'm on the left side of the spectrum. But I was thinking, you know, sometimes I like to put myself in other people's shoes. And, uh, and let's just say I wear a size 10. So looking to send me some shoes um, I, don't, I don't know what that riff was but um i was thinking about you know okay so why does the right you know not all people on the right but why do my uh why does my and like you know the far left's you know our idea of what someone on the right is why do they act the way that they do you know and i was thinking that they probably by the way i'm not i'm not doing a long bit here where i'm going to be silly so um I, this is a serious no bit situation and and by the way there is nothing more serious than a no bit situation so let's take that to the bank deposit it into your account and get out of that red blake you're in debt no i'm not i'm not in debt not anymore sucker so um I uh, I was thinking if I was on the far right, I would be so fucking annoyed with like liberals calling me stupid all the time, you know, because that is what we do. We do think the right is stupid. Um, we think Trump people aren't smart and we're Trump people aren't smart, you know. And there are a lot of people on the right that are stupid, but we constantly think call them stupid. We constantly uh, dismiss their intelligence, constantly. And if I was on the right, I would no bit be so fucking sick of being condescended to and being called stupid all the time, you know? And I think, here's a little take, here's a free take for you because it doesn't even fall into one of the four sections. I believe that has helped create like the demonization of intelligence because you see people on the right being like well what's this doctrine they're like anti-vaxxers you know what i mean and and by the way there are actually a lot of the biggest anti-vax areas are like in liberal california like silver lake california is a massive anti-vax area so it's not all you know uber conservative people who are anti-vaxxers but it is all stupid people you know so there is that <laughs> but um i do think what's happened is that people like like trump people you know and by trump people I, I don't even just mean people who support trump they're the type of people who support trump and they've been alive for 50 years you know what i mean like they've been alive for 30 years they're they're gonna support the next stupid person as well you know and i do think that they're so sick of being called stupid that the left, us liberals are pushing them away. We're making them even more conservative and even more further to the right that they're rejecting intellect, you know? 
and I kind of get it. Like if someone called me stupid all the time, I'd be like, well, you know what? Whatever they're insulting me with, I'm going to go the other way and say that that's bad, you know, because that means they're bad. And I think that's what's happening. But the issue with that is that you intelligence is a good thing. And maybe not even say intelligence, but like the educated, you know, like uh, college degree people. I think that's what that's what they're hating right now. And what you have is a group of people who have been bullied by liberals for not being smart. And now they're demonizing education, which means they're demonizing doctors where they see doctors as part of the group that's calling them stupid. So they're rejecting information and guidance from doctors. And that is how, that's why we're at where we're at, why 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 we're at. That's why we are where we're at right now with the mask thing, you know? And that's my that's my opinion on that. Uh, that being said, um, they, the right, does keep calling liberals cucks, and we haven't done what they've done where we're like, oh, well, then that case, we should just let other men fuck our wives in front of us more. <laughs> You know, so maybe uh, maybe I'm giving the right a little too much, uh, a little too much leeway there or them going all the way. Which like, oh, well, you're calling us stupid. Well, we'll just be dumber then in your face. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't see uh, liberals doing that. Anyway, um, that is the first section. I'm going to I think that leads. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to open with politics. All right. Let's lead into that. And the politics is actually uh, how I believe we should feel about Trump's covid diagnosis heading into politics punchline tonight october 7th 8 p.m daddy's back <laughs> blake is really funny blake is really cool blah 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 blake 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 and daddy daddy is back by the way so um going to the political section now i believe it was a day or two after this oh no no, no. it was like yeah it was friday i think of last week that trump's covid diagnosis came out and there are a lot of people it's it's a very difficult thing because i know for a lot of us on the left it's very easy to say i want him to die you know because he is the worst guy ever you know he is and and i don't i'm i'm, I'm that that hyperbole i just used is 98% earned so i do i do understand why people say that however my take is that i i really don't think it's okay to wish death upon Donald Trump. Or here, let me just say, I don't want him to die from COVID, okay? I don't want him to die. I do want him to get very, very sick and um, put into, like on, a, like, on a ventilator, okay? So I want it to, I want his family to think he might die and for them to come face to face with the reality that it wouldn't have that negative of an effect on their life. Like they wouldn't feel sad. You know, I want their family to feel that where the Trumps are, you know, massive pieces of shit, like some of the worst people in the entire world, just big, like inbred skunks. And I would like Don Jr. Cause that's going to really, that would be so hurtful to even that guy to see that his dad, the man he's named after is you know might like he's on a ventilator he's face to face with death and then for don jr to realize that he isn't sad like that would make him sad you know what i mean like that must be a really really bad feeling so i don't um but i would want trump to eventually make a full recovery however i would want him i believe i do want him to get very very sick because it would show the world that you can't in a karma way, behave that way and get away with it, you know, because Trump has gotten away with everything. He's gotten away with everything. Okay. Every single thing, grab him by the pussy, uh, you know, like, um, making fun of Hillary's pneumonia, making fun of a differently abled reporter, uh, calling, um, Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, calling Michael Bloomberg mini Mike, which is funny. That, that one's funny. The mini Mike one is funny. Um, you know, making fun of Joe Biden, bullying him during the debate. It's 
the guy, and that's not even talking about all the policies of separating um, immigrants from their children, children from their parents, uh, all the all he's done for white supremacy, normalizing white supremacy. He's literally fucking normalizing it, you know? And all those horrific things, I, I do believe karmically it would make sense for him to get really really sick and just be like listen you can be a piece of shit to a point and then at some point it'll catch up to you you know like that would feel good but i think also from a more practical standpoint just to save lives for him to get sick just so because i don't want his moron followers to die either i just want them to because he's killing them he's going to kill them they're going to see, oh, our guy got healthy again. That means there's no COVID, and that's going to kill more people because they're going to continue to spread it. So, because this is how I felt. When I found, I'm going to be completely honest, I don't want Trump to die from this. No bit. I don't want him to die. But when I found out that he got COVID, I was in such a good, it put me in a really good mood, you know? And there's a lot of heavy shit going on. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying, you know, like uh, the fucking pandemic, wildfire. I don't have to tell you. Job loss, the economy. There's so many horrific things going on. And and uh, for so, you know, fucking black, like black people being murdered by police every single day. It's so many bad things going on. And there is a heaviness that all of us are feeling right now. But it is so weird where that moose that orange moose getting sick i like was i was in a great i was in a great mood i was in a really good mood when he got sick and it wasn't because i wanted him to die i'm like fucking finally something make something that makes sense happen finally because it makes sense that he got sick you know the guy just flagrant flagrantly uh, ignores, you know, social distancing guidelines and CDC guidelines on how where and mask usage, and you know he makes fun of Joe Biden for wearing a mask, and then the guy gets it, and it is so fun. It's so funny, you know. And uh, I, I think Paul F. Tompkins had the perfect tweet. I post, uh, I reposted it, but it was just that like it is petty and small to wish for someone to uh, get hurt or sick or die. Um, however, it is objectively funny <laughs> that he got sick. And it is. It's objectively funny. It was the kind of mood, just him being sick, got me in a mood of like like when the Eagle like like a Monday after the Eagles went. You know, where I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling good. I had some pep in my step. You know what I mean? So that's the thing. I, I think I, I don't think you should want him to die. I feel like that's bad karma for you, for the person feeling that. However, if you do want him to die, um, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I don't judge you. I'm just saying this is what works for me. And um, yeah, if you want him to get better, I mean, here's the thing. Here's here's my understanding of his diagnosis is that uh, right now means nothing. You know, the fact that he got out of there. Uh, we'll know in like three or four days because this is what usually happens. You have these small symptoms, then you normalize, and then you either keep normalizing and you get better or uh, it gets really bad. So we'll see what happens the next couple of days. Again, I don't want him to die. I just uh, I just want him to learn his fucking lesson. Is that too much? And now let's go into a little lighter of a situation. Let's go into... Uh, honestly, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. This relationship section, a lot of threesome talk. So we'll get to that. Here it is. Um, uh, relationship mailbag DMs. You fucking get it. Play the song, Lynn. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. Oh, it's relationship DMs. Now here is the first question from relationship DMs, and this is this is what it is. So this boy I've been talking to has uh, been giving me mixed messages and he's moving to DC next week. What do I do? Hmm. Now, here's the thing. If you're getting mixed messages and let's say you live in a state, let's say this person doesn't live in a state. He lives, let's say this guy lives more than an hour drive away from this person. All right. So you're getting mixed messages the person leaves, let them leave. 
I would say let him leave. Don't think about this guy again. It's just there's enough shit going on than you having to like chase after a guy like during a pandemic. You know, like if you're getting mixed messages, if you're getting like if you were getting straight like this is straight heterosexual. Me- no, I'm kidding. Uh, straight. If you were just getting like, you know, straightforward messaging like, yo, dude, I'm into you as well but I'm leaving, et cetera, et cetera. Then that's different like that. You might, you know, you might want to like go after that guy. But if you're getting mixed messages, you can't, it's, it's a big enough pain in the ass to get mixed messages like in person, you know? And then you add in a commute to it. It just doesn't make any sense. Plus there is a bigger, there is a, another issue here that I think I'm, I'm kind of overlooking a little bit too much is that uh, DC, Washington DC does complicate this. Cause if you were like, Oh, the guy's moving to New York, New York is like, Oh, well at least I could visit New York. Visiting Washington DC like is it's cool. The first two or three times you do it. And then it's like this fucking place you know, I have to go into this goddamn airport. I have to go, don't fly into Dulles. Sweet Jesus, don't fly into Dulles. Reagan, flying to fuck. And that's the thing, too. You have to fly, you're flying across the country into this airport. And who are you greeted by? Ronald Reagan. That, that, you have to think about what that guy to, did to this country, you know? And then there's all those stupid, uh, I almost called them lingerie stands. What are they called? Uh, gratuity stands. Um, they're the things that are like novelties, novelties, Jesus, Blake. They're the things on the boardwalk. Um, there, there's all those of like, oh, it's Trump versus Biden, and it's like caricatures, and it's like, yo, this isn't funny. Like this election, there's nothing funny about this election whatsoever. So, um, yeah, you don't want to go to D.C. You know, you don't want them flying out of D.C. D.C.'s during the su- during the winter, it's cold as hell. During the summer, Washington, D.C. is one of the worst places in the world. In the world. That being said, years ago, I did stay in the, no bit at the Watergate with my family. Hmm? Forgot? You know what just happened there? I forgot who my family was. That's what just happened there. I was like, oh, yeah, I stayed there with who were those people? Who were those people? There was one. There was someone who was uh, older than me, an older woman an older man and a young girl who was younger than me. How did I wind up? I don't hang out with those demo. When I was in my teens, I didn't hang out with that demographic of people, you know, how weird would that be? (laughs) Imagine. Okay. You're a clerk. This is fucking great. You're a, uh, you're what, what is it? A reception. You're, You're a concierge at a hotel or whatever. Like you check people in and you see a, uh, you see a 45-year-old woman, a 50-year-old man, and um, like a 12-year-old girl and like like a 16-year-old boy. And they're like, hey, uh, we'd like to check in. And they're like, oh, okay, like we need um, we, we need your names real quick. And it's like, all right, uh, like the old guy goes, uh, all right, I'm a Lewis Fredericks. Um, and then this is uh, Jessica Smith. And that's uh, like he points to the older woman. Then um, this little girl, she's um, Aaron Moriarty. And then this little this boy, this teenage boy is uh, Ben Schmeckelson. And then the guy being like, wait, why do you have four last names? Like, oh, we're friends. We're not we're not in a family. We're just four friends. We look like a nuclear family. But like I met I work with this lady and then um, we went to like a, a, a national Washington Nationals game. And I met this little girl and this teenage boy, and we all hit it off as friends. And by the way, there's nothing gross going on here. There's no, like, pedophilia here. There's no uh, – actually, I guess that's the only thing I have to address. <laughs> there's no – there's nothing weird going on. They're just all friends who are uh, the ages of a family. <laughs> yeah, I honestly do not know if I'm funny anymore. I, I, I didn't think – I, I was pretty sure I was funny at one point, but um, Christ, I don't know. All right, here we go. Next question. I'm secretly in love with my podcast host. Should I make a podcast about it to tell them? That's very interesting. Now, it is the wording there. I'm secretly in love with my podcast host. So I don't know 
if this person means a the person because the ownership my podcast host because i listen to like conan o'brien needs a friend not to mention another comedy podcast on here but i do listen to that but i would never refer to like like oh yeah i would say oh conan o'brien he's my podcast host like that's or he's my late night that is very very strange so maybe this person works in the podcast industry oh what an industry it is and they are like a producer and they produce a podcast oh that makes more sense and they're in love with their host okay so the host who's hosting it and you know podcasting is a very specific insular world so you need to put if you're going to tell someone you love them you gotta um you gotta put it in their in their language in their love language and some people's love language is getting gifts some people's love language is uh being physical um you know like nice uh i almost said good deeds you know doing a good deed like donating to charity god uh, who doesn't like that um or uh, i mean not good deeds nice gestures is what i meant so um but this person so this is what you do, this podcast. So my point is a podcast host isn't going to understand what you're saying unless you're doing it on a podcast yourself, which is true. So I would say, yes, you should make a podcast about them. And because you're a podcast producer in this scenario, the pod, it's going to take a couple months of development, test shows, putting it together, finding the format that works for you. And um, hopefully this person's still alive by the time and by the way i don't know and i'm why wouldn't they be alive i just worry okay i sorry i just paused because i i heard a weird noise and it sounded like a man was like sneaking up on me through a bog but it was the washing machine so i'm fine i am fine uh uh that's fine i don't know if i'm fine so anyway yeah, so that's what I would do. I would make a podcast about them. I would develop it. I'd try to sell it to like Starburns Audio or Team Coco or Earwolf, wherever you get your... And I'd put it on um, on Spotify. Next. Next question, next question, next question. How do I bring up a threesome, but I want the third to be Blake Wexler? Oh, all right. So this is tough. So, all right. Say this guy... This is from a guy. Say he is with his partner, Okay. And they've been, because bringing up a threesome to your partner, I would imagine would be a very, uh, so difficult, I would never even fucking dream of it, you know? Um, However, if you're in an open enough relationship where you think that could work, because it's always, this is my opinion on threesomes, um, if you want to be with the person permanently, don't have a threesome. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Because the way I see a threesome, at its best, it's like, hey, remember that great vacation we went on that one time? You know what I mean? Like, that is a threesome at its best. It was a fun weekend in Nashville, you know? But a threesome, in that's that's when it's at its best, you know? And at its worst, it sows uh, seeds of jealousy that bring the relationship to a close. So it's how much does that vacation in Nashville mean something to you, you know? Because, like... I would imagine if that's the best version, I'm like, well, I could just go on a vacation in Nashville and only have sex with one person. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that is just my opinion. By the way, a lot of people think uh, threesomes can help the relationship. A lot of people uh, need that kind of excitement, you know, like that kind of uh, lovemaking, I guess I was about to say, which I I don't fucking think anybody was looking for that. So yeah, I would say that's my opinion. However, if you're in one of these couples where you're like, yes, Let's do a threesome. That's fun. We vibe that well together. Then I'd be like, all right, here's, and, and you want me to be a part of it. Here's what you have to do. You'd be like, all right, we want to have a threesome. I, I know this decision was already very hard to get to. So let me add, let me throw another curveball in here. I want that third person to be stand up comedian Blake Wexler. Now they're like, who? And then when they say who, you need to slam your fist on the table as hard as you can and be like, what do you mean fucking who? I want a glass of water to fall over that you that you hit the table so hard. And once you do that, she'll be like, who is that? And you go, stand-up comedian Blake Wexler here. And this is what you need to show them. So I have, uh, which, which one of my headshots are its best? All right, so go on BlakeWexler.com and you'll see a picture of me. I would say it's 
me, uh, I mean, honestly, it was taken years ago, but I still look exactly the same because I think that that photo like doesn't look that good. So it's me pouring tea. It's uh, the cover of my first album. Here, does that help you? Um, It is, uh, yeah, me pouring tea into a cup and they'd be like, okay, okay, I'm into that. Let's see. Let's see what, let me see his comedy. Maybe I'll be attracted to that. And then there are a lot of clips where it's like, I'm not into that, you know? Maybe show them my might all clip. And it's like, okay, he's sensitive, you know? He's a, excuse me, he's in touch with uh, his feminine side, obviously. That's, and that could be a good thing or a bad thing. And then you have that. And then they're like, okay, um, I sign off on Blake Wexler and but here's the thing if i was to do a threesome i would have like a rider like i would do for shows you know and a rider by the way is like okay what's the performer want in this green room so this, <laughs> this is what i would want this is my threesome rider i would need um new pajamas and uh, they'd have to be nice like really really nice okay i would also want um a like bullet whiskey not what the fuck is happening here did you hear that? Is that my phone? Did my phone fuck this thing up? All right, I think we're good. So um, I would want uh, a whiskey, whiskey, so not beer because I would be too bloated and I am very self-conscious. So not beer, not wine because I'd be worried. I, I don't like how wine makes your breath smell. I would want a whiskey and it would have to be like a 10-year-old bourbon at the least. So it would have to be very, very nice. I also don't want to be rushed. So, um, no clocks and it would be a Saturday night slippers. Absolutely slippers. I also would like my own room. I would like a green room in your home. So I don't know what you have to do. If you have kids, you might have to clear out the crib and like the kids room and repaint it, put a, like a weird couch in there. I do need that. Um, and that's how we, and that's where the uh, negotiations begin. So once you do that, get in touch with my lawyer, Kelly, and we'll, uh, we'll iron out a contract and we'll make it happen. All right. So good for you. Good for you bringing that up. I think that makes sense. And we'll see, we'll see how that ends up working out next. Um, how do I join Antifa? Oh, no, 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 no. That's something else. Um, okay. This is from, here's a great one. Men who love bomb then leave. Why? Is it because I'm not your mom, actually? This is from my friend Joanne, which is very, very funny comedian. Joanne Schinderly, check out, uh, at Jojo Schinderly on Instagram. I think that might also be her, uh, what's it called? Her Twitter as well. Her album, Dark Jeans, is on Comedy Dynamics. I don't know if she wanted me to say that it was her, but she she won't care. So Joanne Schinderly, great question um used her full name again men who love bomb then leave so i don't know what a love bomb is i would imagine okay so i would imagine a love bomb is like when you're a guy gets into a relationship with a girl since she's asking about a man um guy gets in a relationship with a girl like moves real quick you know like and then like is just acting like say you're two weeks into the relationship and they're acting like you're a year into the relationship and they drop the love bomb up oh, there it is they say i love you real soon and then they bolt and uh it's be- and she's asking is she saying cause it's not their actual mom maybe they realize joanne's not not their mom and that's why they don't do it so that's what she was alluding to there now let me see what is love bomb love bombing Okay, love bomb. Oh, here it is. Love bombing is an attempt to influence a person by demonstrations of attention and affection. It can be used in different ways, either for positive or negative purposes. Um, It's part of a cycle of abuse. That's not good. Um, Yeah, so I guess it's basically what I just said, right? Excessive attention and affection does not constitute love bombing. If there is no intent or pattern. Oh, okay, so it's abusive. Oh, shit. All right, well, now I see why she asked that. So, yeah, I would say love bombing... I would imagine, so everybody likes getting what they want, you know? And I would imagine guys love bomb because they want either that type of love right away back from you. Because I'm kind of, like, I don't love bomb, but, like, I've always been someone who wants to be loved. That's, I mean, you know that. 
you've listened to this podcast, you've seen me do comedy, you see my general aura and demeanor. That's a guy who needs to be loved. So, um, and I've gotten love my entire life. So like, I don't know, maybe I just want more of it. So with Joanne's question, I would imagine guys are like, and this is a best case scenario. Um, if it was me, I'd be like, Oh, I like, I love you. You're great. You're great. Um, I want that love back. I got that. And cause you want to get to that place in the relationship. Cause the, the love part of the relationship where you're still like, you know, crazy about one another, it's still the honeymoon period. And you're saying, I love you. Like that is the best part of the relationship. You know, when you're still be, being patient kind of sucks. However, in order to get to the good part, you do need to be patient. Cause I really do think you have to kind of earn that to make it worth it and make it more meaningful. So I think they're in a rush and that's what happens. And then when they realize that, and by the way, they're being stupid. This is not you. They'll be like, oh shit, I just uh, hurried things so much. I'm not ready for this. I'm panicking. And then the torque of it going from like, I love you, I love you, I love you to, oh fuck, oh fuck, I'm so scared. I'm so scared is so unfair to the other person. It's so crazy that, uh, that that's what happens. So I think that's the best case scenario. Or... Joanne, they're stealing from you. They're robbing you. They want to get into your home. They want to take your jewelry. They want to take... Uh, Joanne was selling um, used clothes recently. So they might want to be uh, taking your clothes for free. They don't want to pay for your clothes. So they might just be there to go into your drawers, take a blouse um, or whatever. I've been told that a blouse is an out-of-date term, and now I can't stop saying it. So maybe that's what they're doing. Hmm? And honestly, Joanne, you deserve better. And I think we can all agree with that. Now, next section, let's go with sport. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. Oh, okay. We are back. All right. So here we go. Maybe I, I'm going to go try to rip through these. I'm going to try to do 10 of these in as short a time as possible because we're already, this podcast is going a little long, but this is a fun segment. I'll, uh, I'll do this every single week and I think it will be. All right. So by the way, Next door, if you don't know, it's a place for, uh, you know, the middle-aged to complain about their neighborhoods, essentially. And, uh, you know, it was supposed to be like, hey, you know, like, uh, I saw a weirdo, be careful, or there's coyotes out, you know, what? keep your dogs inside. It's actually mostly that. Um, however, there's a lot of weird stuff on there, a lot of stuff that doesn't matter, a lot of asinine shit. So I'm going to go through these and uh, and solve all these people's problems. And by the way, just for context, my next door neighborhood is in Los Angeles on the east side of town. Now, uh, first one, Fountain at Talmadge. Uh, this guy was sitting in the yard of an empty building for quite a while and now has decided to open a door, pull out a bunch of stuff, and throw it in the yard. I have no idea who owns this or how to contact them. I would not be surprised if he now tries to live in there. Who needs to be notified of something like this? I'm on it. I need to be notified. Uh, Mike is the name of the person who wrote that. I will handle this. So what I think is happening is that, yeah, this man is going to live in that building, and I think it's fine. A lot of people have been, uh, you know, had to leave, you know, because of uh, uh, high rents and not being able to make a lot of money. So, yeah, and I think things should just be thrown. You know what I mean? So I think that's good. Throwing of clothes. You know what? Maybe uh, this man lives in that building. His boyfriend cheated on him, went out to work, and now this guy is like, you know what? Fuck it. We weren't, you know, we were going to move in together. You cheated on me. Well, guess what? I'm still moving in, but you're not living here anymore. So this guy threw his ex's stuff into the yard. And uh, you know what? I think it's fine. So I, I handled it. All right. Uh, next one from uh, Keo. All right. Uh, hi, neighbors. I'm Keo. Hi. The wavy emoji. And that's the entire thing. So uh, hello, Keo. It's nice to meet you. And I hope you I hope you enjoy the neighborhood. Next, LA River Bikeway Trash. <laughs> what are they talking about, me? <laughs> the LA River Bikeway at Los Feliz is a mess on both sides of the street. LA, aka we spent all that money fixing up the bike path only to have it turn into a trash dump. Who do you report this to? 311. Thanks. Great question, Michael. And by the way, the oh, Michael, a lot of Mikes and Michaels this week. I didn't think I would be so blessed. Um, Here's what, all right, so I bike the L.A. Riverway, and just, if you don't know anything about L.A., there's this thing called the L.A. River, and it's essentially just like a shit drain that uh, there's rarely any, wa like, water in it, and in the places where there is water, there's also a lot of trash. So um, here's what you do, all right? 
I love that bike path. Uh, it's always under construction. It's uh, It could be great, but it sucks. So... Uh, oh, he goes, I, I'd post a photo, but I don't want to depress everyone. No, Michael, by all means, post a photo. So uh, I can't handle this. I would imagine you do report this to 311 because I don't know what 311 is. You know, it, it, 311 is one of those things that your parents used to say all the time. And it's like, oh, OK, yes, 311. And it sounds like just a government agency that solves any issue you might have. So if that is what 311 is, I would call them. Um, here we go. Uh, from Antonia. Hello, Antonia. It's great to be here. I'm Antonia. A lot of intros going on on next door. Hello, neighbors. What a great way to connect with all of you on this friendly platform. My family and I have lived in Los Feliz for quite some time. I'm a mom of three boys and my husband is a contractor. Can't wait to hope everyone is doing well, and I hope we get through this. First comment on here, uh, Antonia, you're a bitch. I wrote that. Next, babysitter needed. Looking for a babysitter for our two young boys. Uh, pass. Next, honking. Anyone know the deal with all the honking today? Los Feliz. <laughs> you know what I hear? That's from Paula. Paula, I got, I got bad news. There is an influx of geese heading into our neighborhood, and these geese are honking, and they will not stop. These geese are honking like a fucking, uh, I don't know, f Andy Reid waiting too long at a McDonald's drive through line. Thank you. Next, I'm neighbor. Uh, hi, oh, sorry. Hi, neighbors. I'm Missy. Hi, Missy. What's going on, Missy? Another wave there. A lot of intros. Lost Turtle. Oh, boy. I realize it's probably a very long shot, but I came home tonight and this handwritten notice by a child was taped to my front door regarding his or her lost turtle. In the midst of these crazy times... Oh, fuck me. In the midst of these crazy times we live in, I found this very poignant and touching. How is this poignant? How is a lost... Let me look up poignant to make sure. Now I'm just making... Evoking a keen sense of sadness or regret. Why would a lost turtle, uh, I guess, oh God, these fucking people, listen, like, just, you don't have to tweet your problems. You know what I mean? I hope your problems get fixed. Nobody should have to deal with shit. It's just like, uh, what is the next door app supposed to, how sad are you? Or like, hey, listen, this is what this post is. Hey, listen, everybody. I, like all of you, am very depressed, but... You know what? You know what broke my back? You know what broke the camel's back here? The last thing I needed to see was a hand-drawn photo of a lost turtle. By the way, how the fuck do you lose a turtle? Like, what, did you leave for six weeks and leave the door open? It's still probably halfway down the driveway. <laughs> Slow and steady escapes the house. Reckless drivers to the idiot racing down Franklin yesterday afternoon almost hit me and my dog. Slow down, white BMW with Armenian flag. Up, oh, let's not let's move on from that one. <laughs> Yikes! Stolen gas. Has anybody had their gas stolen lately or heard of it happening? I believe mine was stolen Friday night. Thank you. I have not heard of this. Um, I don't know how people would steal. This is from Trisha, by the way. Of course, I don't know how people would steal gas. Like you see. In various TV shows, you know, where someone like will sneak up to a car with a hose, stick it in the car, like into the gas tank, and then like suck on the hose, and then like the fuel spills out into like one of those red bins. And I never understood how they, because you do see like sometimes the gas goes in their mouth and they like spit it out on the ground, but how does it keep flowing out of the gas tank, Trisha? I don't know. Or. Maybe they stole the natural gas that runs your home. Or maybe somebody's been bottling up Trisha's farts, and we will figure that out. I don't know. I'm, there's no way to know. Unwell cat. I, hi, neighbors. I have these three neighborhood cats that always, who cares, that always come around my building to get fed. There is one that is really looking rough lately. You know why, Leanne? You want to you want to know why the the cat is looking rough? Because it lives outside, Leanne. Why don't you adopt the goddamn cat and fucking fix this problem yourself? Next, what was that explosion? Couldn't have been fireworks. That's from Nahara. All right, let's see what people said to this because this seems fairly serious. That sounded like a bomb went off. Definitely didn't sound like fireworks. Someone wrote a. Uh, Oh, it's fucking Paula again. 
It scared me awake. I also heard it. It sounded like an explosion. Yes, we're all on the same page. It sounded like an explosion. I heard it. It had a deep rumble like a bomb. A, a bomb. Really, Taryn? You've been around a lot of bombs in your life? Citizen app says police are responding to shot fired. Hmm, it didn't sound... Or, well, was it a bomb or a gunshot? These people need to get their fucking weaponry straight. Next. Man who refused to put a mask on. Uh, skipping that. Ballot box locked. Uh, I should have ended on that last one. Airbnb warning. Hey, just want to make you aware of a trend and an alarming situation at a home on my block. A month ago, the owner decided to make his house available to Airbnb guests due to housing shortage. After the guest's rental was over, the owner returned home to find the small group of occupying the house and refusing to leave. Crazy. After an hour or so on the scene, officers left because they said new COVID-19 rules that they couldn't... Oh, they get a pass on evictions. I left two-count message with Councilman Ryu. Hmm. No, I was going to read the comments, but I can't find them. Dog found. This doggy was found. Oh, that's sweet. No collar, no chip. A very kind citizen citizen took him home. Uh, it's a cute black dog. Well, here's what you should do with that dog. Keep it. Make your life better. God knows everybody else needs to... Here's what all these people need to do. Adopt a dog and stay away from everyone. Please stop honking. I feel for my Armenian uh, neighbors in Glendale, but the honking needs to stop. You're making people irritated. Oh, God. All right. So I'm going to end on this. This is an issue in my neighborhood. By the way, now I'm getting pissed off. Welcome. I, I've, I've become the human version of the app next door. So... There's a thing that goes on. Los Angeles has a very big Armenian population. And uh, every year, I don't know when they do it. I think multiple times a year. They will do these like car parades to draw attention to the Armenian genocide. And um, they obviously like honk, have flags and stuff. And that's good. That is a good thing that they're drawing attention to like atrocities. But there's an issue in my neighborhood. It's very like affluent, like white neighborhood. Is that people just bitch if there's honking at all? Like during the Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, at the at the top of that over the summer, people were bitching about the honking. It's like, yo, unfortunately, there's just gonna be honking. Play loud music. Put headphones in. Go away for a little. while. The honking will stop. It's for a purpose. All right. I got I to gotta post on next door. All right, I'm going to do this segment more often because I feel like I did a lot of good here. Next segment, final segment. Uh, that was sport. What are we going to go to? Leisure. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. Oh, and we're back. Going to make this quick. Going to predict. All right, so here's how I feel about my first stand-up show. In, I must said in 15 years. I've been doing stand-up for 15 years. My first one in seven months. Am I nervous? Um, so it, it's weird. This is a thing that I do where when I, I really started getting better at standup, um, I stopped putting shows on pedestals in that like, oh, I need to nail this because I would have a lot more shows, you know? So if I was to screw something up or bomb, I would be like, okay, I will correct this and I'll have a great set tomorrow. You know what I mean? Or Wednesday or something. Like, I always had a set around the corner. And with my two shows, I have two shows on the books for 2020 left. So it's like, there is part of me that's trying not to revert back to that where it's like, mindset-wise, where, oh, God, if this, if I don't, if I screw any of this up, I just have to sit with it for a while, you know? Because luckily, my last show that I had in March, it was a headlining date at Lestat's in San Diego and it was amazing I murdered the crowd was great it was fucking great you know did it 45 minutes wherever I did blew the light and uh <laughs> yeah it is um so but that being said uh so that's the pitfall that could happen here however I do think I have the right mindset in that I honestly just am gonna be happy to be back in sta on stage and I I am gonna be very funny you know, like, I think I, I know how to be funny. Like, 15 years of experience isn't going to fly out the window. Um, also, you know, I have, I have joke, like, I have material. And I'm only doing 20 minutes, which I think is the perfect amount of time where it's not like I'm doing seven where I have to have a tight set. Because here's the thing. It's probably not going to be a tight set, you know? And uh, my riffs, I think, are going to be really funny. I'm excited. I have some new material I've written that I'm excited to try out. 
I think the one issue that I might have, and by the way, I will make this a part of the show and I'll make it funny. I don't, I can't remember any of my jokes <laughs> is the thing, you know, because I haven't done them where, you know, it's, there's a trick that I'll do sometimes where if I want to do new material on a show, it's like, okay, in my back pocket, I still have, you know, these four jokes that I can do that I know if like, oh, if I had, you know, a joke fall kind of flat, I still, I can pull this joke out and I can get them back, you know? Like I have jokes that pretty much automatically work. However, I can't remember any of those jokes, which sounds silly. It's like, well, Blake, you know, you've been doing some of them for years and it's like, yeah, I can't remember the timing. I can't remember the different punchlines where I literally started writing out my set list. Normally I do it, you know, like the night of, and I started writing out my set list for Wednesday on Monday. Like that's how seriously I'm taking this where, and I was writing down some of my jokes, like, you know, I'm doing mostly new material, but I, you know, I have some jokes that I've done before, nothing on an album, but nothing on any of my previous albums, but I have these, like these jokes where I'm like, Oh, right. That one always like that one is newer and like always works. But I'm like, I don't know what this joke is about. <laughs> I don't remember what it is. So I'm going to have to like run. I'm going to run through the set a couple times uh, before I do it. But, you know, and if it doesn't go well, it's like, oh, OK, well, you now now you've done it and your legs are back underneath you, you know. So it will go well, though, if you're coming to the show, I'll be I will be great. And at the very least, I will be extremely entertaining. And you get to see a piece of history, a piece of comedy history. You know, when. Eddie Murphy did that that special in his red suit and you know Chappelle uh said that stupid shit about Trump and you know fucking uh someone else did something uh that's that's gonna be me that's gonna be me tomorrow night I don't even know what analogy I'm making but yeah I think that's enough introspection and now I'm gonna go in for the close oh no it's so sad it's over Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. That is the podcast for this week. Everybody go to, if you're in Pennsylvania, see me. Uh, yes, yeah, still time to buy tickets to the Punchline in Philadelphia tonight. And then on the, uh, on the October of the 22nd October 22nd I'm going to be at Steel Stacks in Bethlehem outdoor show all these are outdoors all all two of them and um, it's one of my favorite venues if not my favorite venue in the world it's amazing so it's a former steel mill and I'll be performing outside of it it's super cool uh, about 45, 50 minutes outside of Philadelphia so uh, not too far away from New York either if you live in New York so that is the podcast I appreciate you listening BlakeWexler.com. Nope. Well, that is a website. You can go to that. But go to Patreon.com slash BlakeWexler. Check out the charities in my notes section. And that's it. That's all I got. I love you. Have a great week. And uh, God save the queen. God, I love that queen. Blake Wexler, Blake, Blake, Blake Wexler, Blake Wexler, Blake Wexler.